going, guys? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. If you enjoy this episode, please make sure to drop a like and a subscription. We appreciate you guys very much. Big diehard Yankee fans here. Obviously, want to connect with other Yankee fans, and it's going to be a really fun 2024 season. A lot to talk about with spring training underway. You guys have been pretty much caught up on the Blake Snell situation. We're going to give that a rest for today until some more news breaks on that. But we're going to talk about Jason Dominguez, his rehab process, a couple other guys shining early in camp. Rizzo having a good update with his injury issue. So, you know, some things trending in the right direction. Fortunately, the Yankees are pretty healthy. Aside from Scott Efros, you know, minor thing to Trevino and Lou Trevino, everyone's pretty much good to go. Knock on wood. We're going to see some live batting sessions from Juan Soto today, our big new name, and we're really excited about his impact this upcoming year. But, you know, talk about let's talk about Dominguez specifically with his injury rehab process following Tommy John surgery. He's already throwing at 60 feet. He's preparing to swing a bat next week. This is a player who could have a significant impact on the Yankees' long-term success. We know he's 21 years, just turned 21 years old. He's hit a home run off Justin Verlander. We've seen the tangible qualities, Ryan. Before we dive into it, how do you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Jason Dominguez. I mean, there is not enough we could say about the talent that Jason Dominguez possesses. I mean, we've talked about him as a prospect. We've talked about him last spring training. We've talked about him as a major league player. This is a guy who has done nothing but rake. This is a guy who's done nothing but impress. This is a guy who's done nothing but rise to the occasion. You know, something that I, uh, you know, have gotten consistently just heard from everybody, whether it's, you know, people I've talked to who uh, closely follow the Yankees minor league or, uh, organizations, people who are fans of the team, uh, people who are closer with the organization, Everything about Jason Dominguez is he's this calm, cool, collected, and most importantly, confident outfielder. I talked a lot about, you know, his his offensive skill set, you know, great plate discipline, great feel for the zone, good contact skills, really good game power and raw power. Uh, but, but the thing that I think that we really need to talk about in terms of the intangibles are the confidence. This is a guy who believes in himself more than anybody else does. And, and that's a good trait to have. You know, people always talk about arrogance cockiness, overconfidence for young players. Being a little too confident is definitely better in my eyes than being a little too underconfident. We're talking about a game where you need to succeed. And if you don't tell yourself you can succeed, that's not going to happen, right? Like you, you can't tell yourself, I'm not going to succeed. I'm not that good. And then expect great results. I think humility is a big part of what makes somebody a good person. Sure. But when it talks about what makes somebody a good ball player, confidence, the ability to believe in yourself, to stay cool, collected. I mean, the guy gets promoted, goes to Houston, is probably told by every single coach in double A, triple A, and the major league level, everybody who called them probably told them something along the lines of, hey, don't get too big, don't get, let your swing get too big, don't get too nervous, it's okay if you struggle, and what did he do on his first swing? He sends a Justin Verlander fastball, outer part of the plate, to the opposite field. He didn't pull a home run, he hit it the other way, he took the pitch where, where, where he got it. It was an unbelievable at-bat. Then you have the one against Javier later on in that series where he crushed the ball. And if you watch some of those at-bats, he had just missed hitting his another home run in that series in various situations there. Then you look at the other games he played at Yankee Stadium. He's finally playing in the Bronx. There's a lot of pressure. And guess what he does? He hits two more home runs. And you look at the swing decisions and you go, all right, the big thing that you know young players struggle with are swing decisions. They're either too passive or too aggressive. What did Jason Dominguez do? Make unbelievably great swing, swing decisions. This is a guy who has done nothing but perform. This is a guy who has done nothing but excel and rise to the occasion. This is the kind of makeup in a prospect that I look at and say, 
I believe that the talent's going to translate. Like, I have a, an unbelievable amount of faith and confidence in Jason Dominguez. Not, again, I'm not trying to peg an MVP caliber, you know, uh, you know, expectation here. I don't think he has to win MVPs to be a success. I'm just saying I think he'll be a good ball player. What does that look like? To what extent is he a good ball player? Is he a great ball player? That's yet to be seen. But end of the day, I, I just feel like the profile here is excellent. And getting him back at some point in June, it's just going to do so much for this lineup because it's going to add some speed. Look, I still think the Yankees are a little slow and a little sluggish, right? They're, they're still a slow team. It, it's just a reality. They're an older team. And number two, I think it gives them more clarity for the future. The Yankees have a lot of free agents uh, uh, coming into this, you know, coming into 2025. Soto... Glaber, Verdugo, uh, you know, uh, they have uh, Ferguson, Loisega, Canley, Holmes, that's half of your bullpen, uh, you know, that's not even mentioning what if Rizzo's club option, what if they decline it, you need to find a first baseman now, um, you know, looking at, you know, your your rotation, you know, Cortez will be an impending free agent after 2025, you know, you only have two more years of him, you have to look at your uh, roster and go, a lot of these guys are not going to be here in the near future. You know, a lot of these guys are off the payroll and off the team after at least two or three years. So you have to start asking yourself, who's going to start replacing these guys? What is this team going to look like soon? And that's where a guy like Jason Mingus comes to the fold because he is a, he has the opportunity to be a mainstay, a cornerstone for this franchise and create fewer question marks. And also, I know people talk about the outfield logjam. It's a good thing we have an outfield logjam because that means if guys, you know, develop and become solid ball players, you can trade them. You can go get things you need in, in, in return for them. Look at what the Orioles did. They had a surplus of infielders, so they were able to trade Joey Ortiz. They had a surplus of pitching prospects. They were able to trade DL Hall. They were able to convert two guys that they were not going to utilize heavily this year into Corbin fucking Burns, dude. Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns is a great pitcher. He's one of the three best pitchers in the world. Imagine if the Yankees were able to say, Pereira and Peraza, we're turning you guys into a top three starting pitcher. You know what I mean? The ability to develop talent, it's not a bad thing if you have too much of it. And you just hope all these guys will pan out. And in my opinion, I think Dominguez might be the most important one because he has the biggest upside, potentially. Potentially. I mean, look, you said it best there. The best problem to have is too much talent at any position guys um, it gives you opportunities to trade in the future if need be it gives you opportunities to supplement injuries or inconsistencies and guys the Yankees outfield last season underwent tremendous amount of uh, you know adversity and fortunately this year we have a lot more depth a lot more potential and most of all this gives us an opportunity to let Dominguez get to full health without rushing him back. Because think about it. If you don't get Soto, you don't get Verdugo, um, you're kind of looking at yourself right now saying, all right, like, who's playing left field for us? Like, who's taking, who's going to help us? In the, you know, you're asking Dominguez to now expedite that process, probably skip, you know, a little bit of minor league rehabilitation and jump right into the mix and, and make an impact on a team that wants to win a World Series this year. That is a massive ask. That is very optimistic. So fortunately, we didn't go down that road. Now we can let him rehab, go to back to AAA, get some bats under his belt, and then obviously return back to the Yankees, a player that's ready to make an impact, not hoping to make an impact. Um, so I feel as though that kind of perspective is a little bit better. And at the same time, you know, you kind of look at, uh, I guess, the future of what the outfield may look like. You know, considering the fact the Yankees have two players, Soto Verdugo, who are on one-year contracts essentially, they're in the last year of arbitration. So having Dominguez fully healthy, Spencer Jones also climbing the system, the Yankees have some insur insurance policies in place in case either of those two guys leave. 
which is exactly what they wanted. Uh, this outfield, and by the way, you know, if, if there's any reason to give Cashman a little bit of credit, he turned over one of the worst outfields I've seen for the Yankees in a long time into one of the best units overnight. Like, that's that's really what just happened here. Dominguez, Judge, I mean, you could throw Stanton into the mix there. I don't really value him in that regard as a defensive piece. But, you know, looking at Dominguez, Judge, Spencer Jones, uh, Alex Verdugo, and Juan Soto, that is one of the, if not the best offensive outfield in baseball. And that happened overnight. Last year, we had Harrison Bader, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, and Aaron Judge starting on opening day. So I don't even know if Harrison Bader did start on opening day. I don't even remember. Um, so it's like, you know, I, I feel like we'd made a big big change there, big shift in, in overall talent. So excited about the potential. We'll see what, you know, the fruitions and the – we'll see the fruits of that this upcoming season, obviously. But, you know, looking at some other kind of headlining – I guess, ideas and storylines over the next couple days. We're going to see a lot of these batters start to get more live at bats against bullpen sessions. We saw Ben Rice. We saw, you know, Carlos Narvaez. We saw a couple of guys get opportunities against Marcus Stroman yesterday. Stroman looked pretty good. Um, you know, he was he was mowing down some of those minor leaguers. And um, I, I think Austin Wells smacked a home run off of him to right field. Absolute cannon. I don't know if you guys saw that video. The sound off of Austin Wells' bat is something beautiful. It was, it was, it really was just, Freaking beautiful. Uh, maybe it was against Ron Marinacci. I forget who it was. But Austin Wells, man, this guy. By the way, Ron Marinaccio's fall off has been something of urban legend. Like, what the hell happened to that guy? Um, he was once considered a premium armor bullpen. Now, I don't even know if he cracks the roster. Um, I'll get your take on that as well. Then, you know, bouncing off of the Anthony Rizzo thing I mentioned earlier, he says he's ready to go, fully healthy, and I'm excited to see what Rizzo can, uh, can accomplish this upcoming season as a, a seasoned veteran looking to bounce back after a down season coming off of the concussion issues. It was really good before it. I think he has a pretty good year. But, you know, what are your thoughts on Strowman's appearance yesterday, what he looked like, thoughts on his stuff, uh, Ron Marinaccio's fall off, and obviously Anthony Rizzo bouncing back in 2024. Yeah, so I'm going to start off with Marinaccio here. I, I got to give him until the season starts. I, I, I can I can live with bad spring training results. I can live with that. I just can't he's healthy. Um, you know, I, the best way for me to look at this uh, kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, using a, a prior example here is, man, I remember when, like, Nick Nelson was, like, dealing in 2021 in spring training. And I thought to myself, this guy throws 100. He's, he's gassing everybody up in spring training. And the guy gets shelled and traded to the Phillies a year after, right, and is not really a big part of any major league bullpen. So I'll give Marinaccio the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, not saying he's going to be a contributor this year, but just saying, hey, Give him till the you know let him let the games play out let the let that kind of stuff feel out. I imagine he's feeling out his command. I would be okay with him even saying, hey, I'm just throwing strikes right now. If guys hit it, they hit it. I just need to feel good and kind of air it out. You know, I think a big change in pitching philosophy has been kind of you know shifting more towards. All right, you know, some guys are just not going to be able to throw strikes. Marnacho is one of them. We, we know that. Um, just throw your best stuff and just kind of pray that your stuff can get can overpower guys last year didn't happen for Marinaccio the year before it did and you know we, we have plenty of relievers who kind of do that same thing again Holmes is kind of the best example of hey here's a 98 mile an hour sinker just try to hit it you can't you know what I mean uh but as it pertains to Marinaccio it's a wait and see I'm not fully sold on him either way yet uh but I'm obviously looking at the Yankee bullpen depth and saying you know he's gonna have to really earn his spot there are some guys at the minor league level um and some guys they brought in on non-roster invites that you know, are certainly interesting. Nick Birdie is one of them, and he's a guy who's impressed them. Those, you know, 100 miles an hour, just straight cheddar. Um, you know, if you guys haven't looked at his stuff, uh, first and foremost, I did a video yesterday, uh, and he was part of that list of three players, so you'll see some clips of him throwing there, and I'm telling you, the stuff truly is mesmerizing. Um, but going back to some of the other storylines here, you know, Wells and Stroman seem to be bonding pretty well. That could be a battery. I actually kind of thought Trevino would make more sense for Stroman, but Trevino's hurt, and, you know, we've talked about this with Ramirez. August Ramirez is like, hey, look, when guys are hurt, catchers get 
opportunity to, you know, get a cheat, kind of cheat and get an advantage, uh, you know, working with different pitchers. I'm not saying this to say that, you know, Jose Trevino being hurt is a is something that he can control or anything like that. Um, I'm just more so saying Austin Wells is taking advantage of an opportunity here. That's an opportunity, right? He got the first crack at working with Stroman. He might end up being Stroman's catcher. That might get him more opportunities to play. Now you've got Rodon. Now you've got uh, Stroman. And you might even have Schmidt, who all prefer or at least enjoy throwing to Wells. That might give him an advantage in the starting catching battle. I don't think Jose Trevino is going to look at that bitterly and go, oh, you know, how am I not starting this and that? I think Trevino and Wells are going to have a phenomenal relationship, and these two are only going to improve each other. And I'm so excited to see these two play alongside each other as the catching tandem. I know you've mentioned this before, um, and I want to second it. You know, I think they really have the opportunity to be one of the better uh, catching duos in baseball, um, especially considering they play off of their offensive strengths really well. This might allow the Yankees to also go with a strong platoon. I believe, um, you know, Cole even threw to Austin Wells yesterday. So that's an interesting storyline to follow. He didn't go, all right, throw Wortvet back there. I'm not throwing to Wells because Wortvet is still here. Like, let's not forget forget cold second guy is still in the building uh you know uh so i found that a little interesting uh as it pertains to rizzo you know i, I think anthony rizzo can certainly have a bounce back here i'm very excited to see how he performs i think right now you just look at the focus the drive at this team right now look guys are going to get hurt some things are going to happen that aren't going to go our way before between now and opening day um and, and you know there are going to be days where we're going to be like damn you know if do things look really good for the yankees or not um but you, it's a it's a long season you've got to you know can't get too high can't get too low but the focus and drive on this team looks remarkable a lot of guys look like in their great shape it just feels a little different and I hate to say that because I know it's going to come off as oh yeah it's just the best shape of your life talk I mean Alex maybe I'm delusional but it just the energy right now feels a little bit different this team I mean the quotes Cashman basically saying yeah I think the injuries some of them last year because some guys didn't show up to camp you know they show up to camp and they start to ramp up there Cortez has been in Tampa since uh you know Christmas right Rodon's been there for months Judge the guys they've all been down there we, we talked to Warren he was down there in like January you know what I mean the guy not might not even make the team I mean I the Yankees seem to be a little more like, hey, we need to be on top of the, uh, on top of everybody. There seems to be more accountability. There just seems to be a little more like, guys, we need to win the World Series this year. Like, this is what happened last year is unacceptable, and we're setting a new standard as to what accountability looks like in the organization. Well, I think you said it best when you said that there's a different feel, and and I would agree with that. And you know, we ask ourselves, why is there a different feel? Well, there's two things. I think there's two really big things. One, the the front office showed them that they're that they're committing to trying to win a World Series. You don't go out and get Juan Soto unless you're like, yeah, we're trying to win a championship this year. Either you get on the board or you get the hell out. You know, that's kind of the take that I have right now because, I mean, look at Stanton. I mean, we haven't seen that guy put in that much work in ages. I mean, he dropped like 30 freaking pounds. I mean, he looks he looks like the best he's ever looked in terms of his mobility and flexibility. You look at some of these guys, the work ethic they're putting in. The second thing is, I think they have a whole new crop of leadership entering that building. It's not just Aaron Judge trying to rally the troops anymore. Anthony Volpe is a leader, my friends. Austin Wells is a leader. They have some young people in that room that are bringing everybody together. And listen to me. I think that when you have the veterans, like you know, you have Aaron Judge, he shows up early, you know, does his due diligence, he does all the he does everything right. But Think about like the mentality that you have. All this young, these youngsters coming through. All these young guys, Will Warren. They're all there weeks before spring training. Weeks before, not just days, weeks. And all the veterans are like, "Damn, like these guys, these guys all want to win a championship. Like these, these guys are coming into to ball. These guys are coming into work. These guys want to get ahead of the curve. Like maybe I'm gonna follow them. Like, maybe I'm gonna go and, and and follow these guys. And some of those veterans start to show up a little bit early. And suddenly you're like. Hold on a second. Like this isn't just Aaron Judge leading the team. This isn't just Aaron Judge being the captain. 
you have a new crop of leadership developing at, at the bottom of this team right now. You know what I mean? The future of this team is led by a young core of, of, of guys that aren't just there to play. They're there to lead. They're there to win. You know what I mean? It's a mentality shift that, I'm, that you're experiencing. It's not like a, the Yankees showed up. They have a bunch of really great players because we know that to be true. It's these guys showed up early, and these guys are showing up every day, and these guys are working on their bodies, and these guys are doing everything they can to be in tip-top shape. You know, they're not just going through the motions. They're putting in the extra work, the extra work ethic, right? That's a, that's a personality change. That's a, that's a monumental shift in, in mentality and perspective, and I think it's being led by these young guys. I don't think this is an older group of, of guys coming. I think Cashman pressed the right buttons, though. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you heard Stan say yesterday or two days ago – well, you know, he knows my reaction to that when he called me out for being injury prone. I think Cashman was pushing buttons, man. I think Cashman was pressing, was, you know, twisting arms. This wasn't, that was a calculated thing to say. He was trying to piss Stanton off. He was trying to say, man, I'm paying you $98 million until 2028. You better be putting the damn work in. You better be doing whatever you can to win a championship. We brought you in and paid you $32 million freaking dollars to be an elite player. Why are you not elite? That's your problem. We can't go up there and hit the ball for you. You got to go do that. So, you know, I think that this is a shift, a mentality shift. They're pressing the buttons. They're bringing in young leaders. They're showing these veterans, hey, if you don't want to play, we got a young crop of studs ready to take your positions. Hey, Spencer Jones, you want Giancarlo Stanton's role? Hey, you know, Oswald Peraza, you want to steal the starting second base shot from Gleyber Torres long term? These jobs are yours to take. You know, this is, this is an opportunity for some of these guys. And we saw Anthony Volpe last year. These young guys want it. They want these jobs. Austin Wells, he wants Jose Trevino's job. As much as Austin Wells looks like a friendly guy, I can guarantee you he wants to be the starting catcher for the New York freaking Yankees. He doesn't want Trevino stealing his reps. He wants to be starting every single day. These older guys, they know their jobs are on the line right now because there are young studs coming up through the system that want it more than them. So I think that that's a mentality shift that we're, that we're feeling. And, and, and this is a different baseball team because we're not 38-year-old Josh Donaldsons anymore. You know, we're... We're 22-year-old Jason Dominguez. or 21-year-olds. You know, these guys want it. And the, the new crop, I'm excited about this. Look, we don't know if they're going to pan out, but I'll sure as hell tell you one thing. They want it more than some of these older guys. And these older vets, they're starting to feel that pressure. And I think that that mentality is good for everybody. Competition is good for everybody. And ultimately, it's going to breed to more wins in a regular season because these guys are going to want it when the playoffs come around. It's not going to be like, we're good enough to get by. They're going to be like, no, we got to play as a team. They got to come together. So, you know, I feel like right now I, I'm, I'm sensing that shift that you are, but because of that different mentality, not because of the talent overall. Yeah, if there's one thing I wanted to add on before, uh, you know, I wrap up here. You know, Alex, you mentioned, you know, guys like Judge and Cole being down there. Um, how how can you as a player, if you're if the leader on offense and the captain of the team and the leader of the pitching staff are down there, what excuse do you have for not being at work, right? Like that's that's kind of the that's kind of the mentality. That's the message it sends, right? When Judge is down there, guys go right? You know, guys are going to be there. I'm not saying this is a, you know, players are so lazy, this and that, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not in, you know, I'm not in the physical shape they're in. I cannot sit here and say my discipline uh, even comes sniffs the most lazy major league baseball player. But I'm more so saying, you know, it, it sends a message. I think, um, you know, uh, there's a different feel, right? You know, you have to, if your captain is down there and you're not down there, 
what's, you know, it's kind of like, it doesn't feel great. I'm not saying that say that the players who didn't show up to Tampa, specifically at the Yankees facility, weren't working hard. Like, Stanton was at the Yankees facility all, all winter, and he worked his tail off. Soto wasn't there all winter, and we found out, you know, earlier today, he was working with Jackie Bradley Jr., working on his defense, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, these these guys are hard at work. These guys are are doing their, are, are really, they're, they're, they're taking the strides to improve. Nobody showed up to camp, and you're like, oh, they look a little, you know, they look a little heftier, or they don't look, you know, like, game ready. You know, it's funny because I, I remember Glaber Torres talked about this, I think, on the R2C2 podcast like, about a year or two ago. Um, and he was talking about, you know, hey, you know, I was I showed up to camp in 2020 and, you know, I wasn't in the best shape. You know, I was I was kind of like, you know, it was the COVID year, didn't show up in the greatest shape in the world and kind of had to ramp himself up. And it, it, it cost him a little bit. He didn't have a great year that year. Um, and I look at his, his work ethic now. Glaber's been working all offseason. That guy is really, he's come around and he's, you know, I, I know that the question, there's always questions about his maturity, but you can't question that guy's maturity. He is the second most tenured guy on the Yankees behind Aaron Judge. Um, and, and he has really taken that step forward. You saw Cabrera training there. James Rousen, the Yankees new hitting coach, was actually there for a little bit, uh, working alongside Judge Cabrera. Um, you know, I, I just, I, it's, it's truly impressive. I just wanted to spotlight him specifically because that's a growth. I mean, that guy, he's really taken it to, he's really taken it upon himself to be, you know, a, a veteran, right? A veteran at 27 years old. And he's really taken it to himself to be a great ball player. I mean, look what he did offensively last year. Those are strides that a veteran takes that only you have to work your you have to work your tail off to, to, to cut your strikeout rates that much without cutting your into your power. That guy's working hard. I, I think, you know, looking at this roster, look at the guys they brought in, right? Soto, a very, a very passionate guy. Stroman and Verdugo, I mean, if you're gonna if there's one thing, look, you don't have to like Marcus Stroman, there's one thing you cannot deny about that guy. That guy is a firecracker. That dude, that dude is he he can talk and he can he will show off his personality. And honestly, I think that's a good guy to play for. Maybe not against, but to play alongside with. I think the players are gonna eat that up. Verdugo, you know, there are maturity issues there. I will certainly um, not I'm not gonna sit here and say there aren't maturity issues. Um, but he's another guy who, you know, he is brutally honest, right? You know, there are a lot of guys here who are just they are they are very they're not afraid to be themselves. They're not afraid to say what they say, to say what they think, to, you know. Know, act how they want to act um and, and I think you know yes that could lead itself to a little bit of clashing heads with management but I think that's a good energy for this team because I mean honest with you Alex it's embarrassing when you lose to the Ashes in 2017 you lose to the Ashes in 2019 and then you get swept by them in 2022 and you have a pitcher uh saying uh oh well you know that wasn't even a hard hit fly ball in regards to the three-run home run that won the game for the Astros you have a catcher talking about you know luck this and that Look, I'm not saying luck doesn't play into baseball, but Alex, I, I wanted to throw up in my mouth when I heard that. Uh, you don't make up excuses when you're getting your butts kicked by a team that's kicked your butt and kicked the American League's butt for the last half decade plus, right? And this team doesn't seem like that kind of team. I'm not saying that there are guys who aren't built to win. I think everybody is built to win if you're in the major leagues, but I think there are certain guys who, I think there are certain guys who are be better built for adversity. I think this team might be a little better built for that. Absolutely. And I'll throw in another variable here that I think will promote a much better team. Think about how many guys are in contract years. You know what I mean? Gleyber Torres, he wants to play out of his mind to get a big contract. Juan Soto, out of his mind. Alex Verdugo, out of his mind. These guys are all looking to have career seasons this year. Three important pieces to this roster. So that should promote even better performance, right? They're going to be locked the hell in because they're trying to maximize their earnings long-term. Um, you know, I think that's obviously a big part in, in players rising to the occasion and whatnot. And you know what? You know, talk about Alex Verdugo, you know, rubbing some rubbing heads the wrong way sometimes with the Red Sox. You want to know what cures that? 
I'll give you a pretty easy word to, to, to cure that, winning. Winning cures freaking ridiculousness. You don't want people talking about the team. You don't want Aaron Hicks saying that Boone is messing up with the lineup and not using him right. You win baseball games. You play well. That's all it takes. Winning cures all. And the Yankees, my friends, have a winning team. They just have to do it. right? They have the talent. They have the mentality. They have the work ethic. Just have to win the damn games. Um, we know they can. So that's going to be the process. Hopefully, we can all stay healthy, warm up, ramp up into the regular season. We've got you guys covered on the daily with your Yankees news. Appreciate you always. Make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.